Hello, and welcome to EDU, Eric DeReese University. I'm Dr. DeReese. Let's get started, shall we? Producing Video Podcasts, Chapter 3. The show will be listed in several directories. Is a much more specific statement. A scoping document generally runs between two and ten pages, and it becomes a charter for the project. In a way, it can become the basis of, of a contract in the future. You will want to get all project participants to attend or want to have multiple phone conversations and then present it for review. Here are a few more tips to help you make a better scoping document. Avoid adjectives at all costs. You are being hired to produce a podcast, not a great, successful, compelling, invigorating podcast because those are completely subjective. If you put adjectives into the contra- contract, you are inventing legal debate for whether or not you successfully delivered what you promised. Do not put object, uh, adjectives into any of your documents that describe the statement of, of the work. A statement of work. You can put adjectives into your bio. You can put adjectives into customer quotes, but don't put adjectives into the statement of work. Point number two, to save you from having to reinvent the wheel, we have made our scoping document template available for you, available to you at www.vidpodcaster.com. Just see chapter, the chapter three tab. First, you name the project, then offer a short summary about the project. The template asks you to give a little bit of background information and a couple of bullet points on why this project is being done. Then, you fill in most of the deliverables, a rough schedule with major milestones and a budget. Point number three, simply putting these key points into writing can um, eliminate several conflicts early on. Things like the actual deadline come out and the real decision makers are identified. We always list the client's name directly with a signature line for approvals. By requesting a signature on the scoping document, you will find out who really has approval authority for the project. Budgeting templates. Look for an easy-to-use budget template for your video podcast. Looking for a, an easy-to-use budget template for your uh, podcast? You can download a spreadsheet to use with Microsoft Excel or Apple num- uh, numbers for the Chapter 3 tab on the book's website. Shot, ra- shot ratio matters. Between DV tape and uh, Firewire hard drives, the concept of shot ratio seems to have gotten lost. With podcasting, your shot ratio matters. For those who need a reminder, shot ratio is the ratio of how much footage is acquired versus what's used in the finished cut. For example, if you shot 60 minutes of material and used 20, that would be a 3 to 1 shot ratio. If your shot ratio creeps above 4.1, 4 to 1, you need to closely examine your shooting and production style. The only exception is multi-camera style productions. In this case, just count how, how much footage was used from the most utilized camera to produce the finished piece. Budgeting guidelines. If you're looking for a pot of gold, you're chasing the wrong uh, leprechaun. Podcasting budgets are not the same as feature films or commercial commercial spots. With podcasting, the key to making money is efficiency. Figuring out how to do more with less is the guiding principle in this uh, section. We explore practices that affect the bottom line. Don't make assumptions. With podcasting, you need your shoots to run smoothly and efficiency. You will need to be able to get the most out of your shoots if you've based your pre-production on bad information. You really want to know the goal of the shoot, the objectives of the shoot, how many podcasts you are trying to accomplish, and the client, the, the talent, and the director have the same expectations. We have found that we can uh, record up to 30 podcasts in a day if we plan properly and the talent is prepared. The bottom line here is efficiency. 
be efficient. Have a plan and execute the plan with the minimum number of resources and you'll do all right. Creating a set diagram is a helpful way to plan for a shoot. Being used here is OmniGraffle Pro, an easy to use software tool for Macs. How the federal government estimates time. There is a formula that many project managers use that comes from the federal government practices. Um, okay, it looks like one times zero plus four times M plus one times P divided by six. That's one times an optimistic time work estimate plus four times uh, most likely estimate plus one pessimistic estimate that divided that then divided by six. Here's how it works. Go to a member of your project team who who's going to work on the task, such as the editor, and say, so how long will this take? No, this is not the most likely number. This is the optimistic number because if you ask any creative person how long will something how long something is going to take, it's an exaggerated number based on their ego and personal value, which is always high. This is not a slam on creative types. It's just true. Then you ask, well, uh, if it was anybody else doing the work, how long would it take? This is the most likely number. Uh, this is the most likely number. Next, you ask, if things went wrong that we really didn't count on, computer problems, bad communication, what's a bad case scenario? Then you do the math. One times the optimistic work estimate plus four times the most likely estimate plus one times the pessimistic divided by six. This gives you a score accurate, uh, a more accurate estimate for the work at hand. You can increase the accuracy by surveying other subject matter experts, such as all the editors in your uh, office. This ha this is how the government does averaging, but you have to do it at the work package at the work package level. By getting the subject matter experts involved, you are more likely to get accurate numbers about the work to be performed. Keep it short. Here's a simple idea: keep your podcast short. It is better to have eight five-minute episodes than one forty-minute episode. We try to keep our video podcast. But podcasts to less than 10 minutes. Audio podcasters can go up to about an hour because listening is more passive, a more passive exercise. You can listen to an audio podcast while driving. Please don't watch a video, pass by, video podcast while uh, driving. It's a bad idea. Remember that your audience is often watching podcasts on the go. Be sure to keep your run, run time shorter to cater to your audience's needs. Video podcasts tend to cons be consumed during things like breaks, downtime, airplane flights, Others will use them during uh, commutes on the morning train or the subway. Think of podcasts as portable, on-demand learning or entertainment. In the training podcasts we produce, we generally try to limit topics to one per episode. And if a single topic makes takes more, t more than 10 minutes to explain, then we'll split the podcast into two or three parts. This way, the viewer can download part one and start watching it while they're waiting for the rest of the download to be released. There's nothing wrong and multiple parts. That's the whole uh, concept of serializing a, a podcast. Treat podcasts like an EMG style shoot. Most podcasts are likely to save huge budgets. It's a good idea to design your podcasts using the principles of electronic news gathering, also known as electronic field production, EFP. The guiding principles here are speed and agility in um, acquiring the footage as well as swiftness in editing. The primary con concern is getting the material to the audience in a timely fashion. New style production is known for its efficiency, yet retains production values that are perfectly acceptable to most television viewers. You should strongly consider adopting this approach when planning your podcast. Don't share line item budgets. Although using a line item budget is essential to 
creating um, an accurate budget, we try hard not to share these outside share these outside with company. We do not give clients line item budget be, budgets because it often leads to unnecessary quibbling. Instead, we roll the budgets up, identify the major work packages to be performed, and then the total cost per category, such as pre-production, production, and post-production. For example, we say the project management fee is this, and it includes the following items. Look to maximize day schedule. Podcasting is a subscription-based service, which means you have to have more than one show to push push out there. You've got to have episode two. You've got to have episode 15. You've got to have episode 50 to really make podcasting valuable, a viable. We generally build our days around a 10-hour schedule, which leaves about seven hours of time for shooting and the other three for setup, breaks, and teardown. We try to maximize the day, not kill the crew. Um, there's a difference. Maximizing the day means allowing time for a lunch break. It means doing your best not to let the client um, schedule, not to let the client schedule the first interview for 8 a.m. We've often had to convey to the client, if you schedule this for 8 a.m., it means we have to leave our houses at 4.30 a.m. in order to have uh, to set everything up. Lessons learned. A big part of budgeting is time estimation. How long will this take for me take me to do? One of the best sources of information is to look at time records for earlier projects. Learn from your mistakes by looking at your uh, past budgets and time logs. Remember, even basic setups take time. Don't underestimate your call time for shoots. We routinely have to remind clients that an eight-hour day does not mean eight hours of interviewing. We also have to point out that it is um, contig contiguous eight hours. You can't schedule a crew to start at 9 a.m., then give them a four-hour break in the middle of the day and want them to tape some something that goes into until uh, 10 at night. Be sure to work with your clients and gently educate them. Sometimes we've had to say, yes, we can do this, but we're going to have we're going to have two crews and we're going to have to have a changeover period here. And the second crew will step on the set and continue into, into the night. Be smart. Respect your clients and um, and your crew. Be smart. Respect your clients and your crew if you want the best results. Try to piggyback. If you have a client who is doing video production distributed by more traditional methods, who is thinking about trying podcasting, then consider piggybacking a podcasting shoot on top of a regularly scheduled shoot. The difference between the cost of paying a crew for a 10-hour day and an 8-hour day is often very minimal. Just be sure to discuss the 10-hour day when you book the crew. You can then get a few sample episodes in, in the can while utilizing your existing setups. Maximize locations. Every time you move equipment, you will lose at least 30 minutes, if not more. Our solution is to look for locations that can easily provide multiple shooting opportunities. When selecting a practical location, we try for one where small changes in the camera placement or framing results uh, framing result in a, a new look. If you're creating a set, we often just change the color of the backdrop, which can quickly result in a, a new look. You want to minimize your crew movement unless it is essential. If you try to run with a one-man band approach, you'll likely miss critical action. Be sure to staff appropriately for your shoots. Consider spending money to save money. While it may seem counterintuitive, spending money on crew and the right equipment can save you money in the long run. We're not talking about craft services table with lobster bisque and uh, imported beer, rather having the right gear and a, a multi-talented crew. The mantra of fix it in, the, in post should rarely be heard on a podcasting set. We have found that relying on the fix it later philosophy can consume up to three or four times the cost of uh, taking the time to make adjustments during field production.
The guiding principle here is that you never want to miss an opportunity to capture content because you didn't have the right gear or crew. This may sound contradictory to the EMG com uh, comments made earlier, but it's not. What are the what are we what we are emphasizing is that need to balance the size of your crew and equipment so that they are fully uh, utilized without being pushed to the point of breaking. The risk of a one-man band. One-person crews are very risky. Trust us, we've tried. For example, if you have a one-person crew and the crew has to go to the bathroom, your gear is at risk. If you have a one-person crew and that person gets sick or injured, the shoot is over. If you have a one-person crew and you have to fly somewhere, you've got $600 in baggage coverages, which could have paid for another crew person. Our general approach is this. We try to use a three-person crew. We send two people from our office and hire one person locally. The local person will usually show up with things like lights and grip gear, which is affordable to uh, which which is affordable to rent. And our crew shows up with audio and camera equipment. Proper crew size. For most podcasts we've produced, our budgets allowed. For most podcasts we've produced, our budgets allowed for crews as large as five. The flip side. Uh, is that we've had podcasts where we've done it all with a crew of one. And if it were possible, the client would have requested the robotic camera. Our podcast crews usually include two or three media professionals. We try to have one more crew person than we do cameras on set. Depending on the style of video projects you normally work on, the size crew, the um, this size crew may strike you as normal or woefully understaffed. What it really comes down to is having the right people and equipment in the field. Multi-talented crews are essential. You will need in individuals that are comfortable shooting, lighting, and recording audio. Instead of saving money by, getting, um, by cutting crew, look at your travel options and try to find airlines with liberal baggage allowance policies. We usually, just use, we usually use JetBlue, reasonable access uh, baggage fees, and Southwest, three check bags which have the best baggage policies and flexibility for scheduling uh, schedule changes. By cutting costs on travel, we can usually preserve uh, crew size and hence quality and sanity. Multi-camera productions. It is becoming increasingly common to shoot podcasts with two or three cameras. This is largely in part to um, make post-production tasks like editing significantly easier. Many nonlinear editing uh, systems include those by Adobe, Apple, Avid, and Sony. Now offer multi-camera editing by shooting a podcast from multiple angles in real time. You have options during the edit. This works especially well for subjects like concerts, theatrical performances, hosted interviews, and how-to demonstrations. We'll explore this uh, style of production. Uh, we'll explore this style of productions in more detail through this book. Tapeless acquisition. We have found that shooting direct to disk can be a big uh, time saver. This can be as, sim as simple as adding a special hard drive uh, unit to your FireWire-based camera or switching to new form formats like Sony's XD Cam or Panasonic's P2. Shooting tapeless can save time on the post-production side. It also allows instant in-the-field playback at a take. We've often, we often use, uh, use it as a way to quick drop a shot into a nonlinear editing application so we can check audio levels or try a color grading or a co compositing task. Units such as this FireWire allow for DV cameras to record to tape and hard drive at the same time. These save a lot of post-production time. Selecting and prepping talent. Selecting good talent for a podcast is perhaps the most important thing you can do. It involves finding someone who can connect with the target audience and deliver a message while keeping them entertained. We've already spoken about the democratic 
uh, nature of podcasting, which means the talent pool is a lot wider than it is for uh, broadcast television. Podcasting audiences seem to prefer regular people as opposed to Barbie and Ken dolls, which often plague the airwaves. If you browse the top of uh, the top of podcasts in each category on iTunes, you'll find a large assortment of non-professional talent and hosts. Oftentimes, podcasting talent has little or no on-camera experience, which is okay if you properly prepare them. Make sure your talent is well rehearsed. Utilize the setup time prior to shoot to do an on-set rehearsal. A lot of producers make the mistake of having the talent come only a few minutes before the call time. While the crew is getting set up, we often ask the talent to show up and we just go have breakfast and we talk through things and then uh, and, and let them all uh, let them get all their fears and anxieties out in the open. Mapping the production. It's a very good idea to determine your rollout plan early on. Remember, podcasts are serialized, which means that there is some sort of plan for when they come out daily, weekly, monthly, bi-monthly, bi-weekly on an emergency basis as needed when inspiration hits. Whatever it is, it is important that you determine what the schedule is going to be and that the client agrees. The frequency of release is one of the greatest impacts on financial cost. Be certain you've mapped out how frequently the show will be released. Similarly, we sure, uh, be sure to gently remind the client to produce more episodes before the current crop runs out. Choosing a style of production. Different styles of production can greatly impact the cost of your project. Be sure you identify how the podcast will be acquired. Using a studio can drive costs down as it adds an element of control to the production process. On the other hand, screencast style productions for technical training often just feature the voice of the talent and a capture of what they were doing on their computer. Be sure to pick the best format to capture the visuals in your show that your budget can afford. Be sure to discuss a show's frequency and style early on with the client. These two factors affect the budget greatly, and it's important all parties know what they are committing to. Picking an acquisition format. Choosing the right acquisition format involves balancing several factors. You need to examine the equipment you already own and measure against the benefit of new formats. This is an issue we explore more deeply in Chapter 5. We have encountered a lot of production companies and clients who are obsessed about doing podcasts in HD. Our response is, why? We don't immediately discount shooting in HD, but we, we do caution against it if there is no compelling reason. If you or your clients want to shoot in HD, consider these issues. 1. A high-definition de platform. First, you should have some other purpose for the acquisition uh, for the acquired footage, such as it will be distributed via Apple TV and TiVo HD, or that you are selling the content in HD to a network. 2. Increased download times. Are your consumers really willing to wait up to 8 times longer? For the files to download, are you prepared to pay more to host those files? And three, future proof. Does the content need to be preserved uh, for an HD future? In other words, is the subject matter timeless or significant enough that there is a value in spending the extra money to ensure that the footage can be used in an HD uh, workflow, work, workflow for future projects or delivery? Be sure to consider all uses for the video you acquire, though there will be a secondary use or an an additional market for your video, which will need higher image quality. The vast majority of video podcasts are being delivered at either 640 by 480 or 320 by 240 pixels. For content that is mostly interviews or talking heads, we usually choose 320 by 240. When the visuals matter more, such as a technical training content, we choose the larger 640 by 480 delivery size. Profile Photoshop User TV. Photoshop User TV is a very popular podcast produced by the National Association of Photoshop Professionals. 
The show offers a collection of tips, tricks, tutorials, and news about Adobe Photoshop. The show is published weekly and has a huge following, keeping it consistently in the top five uh, for its category. Photoshop User TV. The show is hosted by three well-known authors and trainers known as the Photoshop Guys. Um, each week, Scott Kelby, Dave Cross, and Matt Kleskowski get together to share their time-saving techniques, inspirational photography, and technical news. The show is known for its uh, mix of technical subject matter and humor. Just because you get in front of a camera doesn't mean you have to be serious, says Klikowski. If you are serious, then by all means, don't try to change that. If you are not serious, then have fun. People can get the information in podcasts anywhere. They'll watch your podcast because of personality. They can relate to it. This approach doesn't appeal to all viewers. Klikowski acknowledges, Klikowski acknowledges. He emphasizes that it is impossible to create a show for everyone. The sure way to failure is trying to please everyone out there. Pick an audience and stick with them, he says. Cover the things that you're interested in. You'll enjoy it more, and your audience will relate to you more if you do. For better or worse, put yourself, your opinions, your recommendations, and your personality into it, and that's what people will come back for. This approach has worked well with the show. Photoshop User TV frequently tops a million viewers for each episode. These numbers have attracted major sponsors to the show, which helps cover the cost of producing and delivering the weekly episodes. Viewers are encouraged to subscribe to the show, so it will download automatically for them. Casual browsers can't access the back catalog. Every week, we post a new episode of Photoshop User TV that you can watch, download, and keep forever and ever, says Calby. We've archived uh, previous episodes, and you can download them for $1.99 per show. But members of NAPP have access to the entire um, archive of Photoshop User TV episodes as part of their membership. The charge for uh, back episodes helps cover the cost of production and delivery. The decision to keep the shows free to members of NAPP increases the value of membership, which in turn attracts new members to the organization. The podcast also serves to publicize the shows and magazines NAPP publishers uh, publishes, um, their online training program, and their conference. We love to teach people how to use Photoshop, and podcasting was a, a way to get the, that training out to a lot of people that wouldn't have otherwise seen it. If they like it, then hey, good for them. They get some free tutorials, and maybe they'll come back and try our products, said Plakowski. If they didn't like it, then no harm done. It didn't cost them a thing. It really comes down to exposure, though. Um, their exposure plan has worked out well. According to Scott Kelby, the show has reached nearly 3 million downloads in a, in a month. We never dreamed it would take, take on the life that it has, but we're thrilled to be along for the ride. The show is very popular on a global scale and tops the charts in the international iTunes directories as well. It's amazing. We get emails, feedback, and questions from people around the world. It takes up a lot of time, but it's fun, too, says Klukowski. I guess the main impact is time. It takes plenty of time to keep up to keep up with it, but the rewards, both business and personal, are priceless. Gear list. Two Panasonic uh, cameras, Sennheiser wire, wireless microphones, Mackie Onyx uh, mixing board, Altman floodlights, uh, Lowell Prolight V-lights and Omni-lights, Kessler crane system, Manfrotto tripods with 503 heads. Pre-production. Success doesn't just happen. There's one thing we've learned in our years of making video without a plan. You're likely to fail. Despite this hard reality, many people often do everything they can do to avoid pre-production. Most creative types would rather get their hands on a video camera or a non-linear editing system and sit down and do paperwork, budgeting, or uh, risk analysis. But 
right there with we're right there with you. We enjoy the act of creation as well, but proper pre-production brings an incredible an increased likelihood of financial and professional uh, success. Do things that are needed if you'd like to survive in the world of video production. In this chapter, we'll discuss we'll focus on uh, practical advice and techniques that are easy to implement. Making the go no go decision. When we discuss podcasting with our clients and potential clients, it's often involves, it often involves a reality check. Due to the popularity of podcasting, many people and organizations want to do it. But wanting a podcast and being able to support it are two very uh, different things. To put, to put it another way, just because you like kids or puppies doesn't mean you're ready to raise one. Letting your client hold a podcast in their, hands, in their hand helps them understand the power of portable media. After all, a podcast is a commitment. It takes time. In fact, the puppy analogy isn't too far off. You have to raise it, house it, feed it, and monitor it. A lot of clients just aren't prepared for the costs and time commitment required to keep a podcast running. Whether you are working with uh, internal clients at your organization or external clients coming to your company with production services, be sure to educate them regarding the efforts needed to maintain a successful podcast. Selling a client something they aren't prepared to use is just bad business. Creative development. A key step in your show's pre-production is creative development. The show's concept needs to be developed, beaten, uh, developed, beaten up, chewed up, and then spit out. Chances are your original ideas and assumptions will be a lot stronger after you put them through a creative ringer. Here are a few things we've learned in developing new shows. One, don't try to reinvent what already exists. You need to closely examine what's already in the podcast universe. Don't waste your time developing a concept that is identical to a hit show. After all, it's a rare day when the clone surpasses the original. With that said, don't give up on your idea. Refine it. There are podcasts on nearly every topic imaginable. This is a snapshot of the health category in the iTunes store. Be sure to do a little <clears throat> market research on your topic and explore your competition. Two, figure out what you can do differently. If your competition offers long shows, offer shorter shows to appeal to those on the go. If your competition comes out monthly, come out weekly. If your competition takes a seri serious approach, look at humor. In other words, don't change the subject. Do, the cha do uh, change the delivery. In broadcasting, it's called counter-programming, and the concept holds true here as well. Some categories, such as comedy, are very competitive. Take a look at popular shows and their descriptions and keywords. This can help you identify your target audience. The five W's. While it may seem a little cliche, another way to refine your show's concept is to ask the standard who, what, where, when, and why questions. Who is going to watch the show? Who is going to host the show? What, what topics will the show cover? What genre or format will it use? Where? Where will the um, show be recorded? A studio? A location? When? When will the show come out? Weekly? Monthly? Why? Why would a viewer subscribe to the show? Why would they come back for another episode? <clears throat> Three, decide who you want to attract. Podcasting is a niche medium. Going after a smaller targeted group is what it's all about. You need to think long and hard about who you want to reach. By refining your audience, you stand a much better chance of appealing to them and capturing them by subscribing. That's not to say you want black-haired, blue-eyed, left-handed, 27-year-old chemical engineers, but a podcast that goes after engineers of all types would probably fail just as badly. What's important here is that you identify a specific group with specific interests, then develop content that fits their needs. Four, make sure your visuals matter. Could you podcast or 
Could your podcast be delivered as an audio-only podcast? If so, don't create a video podcast just to make a video podcast. Video podcasts often have smaller markets than audio podcasts because they require more hardware to play and take longer to download. Additionally, video podcasts cost more to produce, edit, and deliver. Video podcasts are becoming rapidly available to the masses with players like the iPod, Nano, uh, making portable media players broadly um, affordable. Number five, determine the hardware capabilities of your audience. You need to make sh some assumptions about your audience. Will they view your show on a portable media player, on, on portable media players, laptops, or uh, set-top boxes? Do they want faster download times, or are they willing to wait for a high-definition episode to download? You need to give careful thought to how your show will be consumed if you want to avoid alienating prospective, uh, prospective viewers. Um, here's a tip. Double the size, quadruple the rest. Many video uh, podcasters are embracing larger video podcast sizes. While the 320 by 240 size is well-suited for portable players like iPods, those viewing on laptops and televisions prefer the image clarity offered by, a larger, uh, by larger sizes. But what's the impact of using a 640 by 480 podcast. File sizes are approximately four times larger. Download times are approximately four times longer. Hashing and delivery costs are approximately four times greater. Don't be discouraged. Just be sure that you can afford to give people what they want and that they are willing to wait for that larger size. Some podcasters take the easy way out and offer both sizes. This strategy will work against you, though, as your show ranking on the iTunes charts will be negatively impacted on each version of as each version is tracked separately. Determining production needs. The greatest challenge in creating good podcast, a good podcast is the planning it takes to get the show out of the big idea stage and into production. Podcasts are amorphous. You'll face several challenges as you try to pin down what a show is, is about and how to pull it off. Matters are made worse by the relatively level playing field. After all, producing a hit show is within the reach of the first-time podcaster. Combine this anticipation with the mandate to succeed that clients often demand, and you've got a giant hairball. Our advice is simple. Divide and conquer. No, we're not talking about barbarian hordes or cellular reproduction. Rather, we mean good old project management. The easiest way to determine how to produce your show is to divide it into smaller parts. We often um, find that a podcast series is easier to plan for when we first take the time to identify all the elements that are going, going into it. For example, let's take a look at, at a potential new video podcast we are developing to teach Microsoft PowerPoint. In this case, there are five general things an audience member will experience. These include a show host who keeps the viewer interested and gives the show its personality, the screen captures that show the software applications being used, show graphics that provide grand identity, music that helps create mood and pacing, compelling subject matter that must be developed through scripting or um, outlining. As you can see in the figure, each element is need each element needed can be further refined into more detailed a, a more detailed list of ingredients or tangible items. By continuing to identify and specify, you can eventually develop an accurate list of requirements and items that will allow you to develop a budget. This process of dividing a project into smaller pieces is called a work breakdown structure or a WBS. A WBS analysis works well for both budgeting and project planning. Another way to approach it is to consider what you would do if you had to cook a 10-course meal. How much would it cost? How would you plan for it? The first step would be to identify what the 10 courses 
work. Next, you would identify the ingredients for the 10 courses. This would give you a much better idea of what the 10 course meal would cost and how long it would take to prepare. The work breakdown structure is relatively simple to use and implement. We strongly recommend making it part of your budgeting process. Scoping the project. Developing an accurate scope statement is essential if you are producing podcasts for hire or as a service. Scoping is the act of saying, okay, we need to make a podcast. What does that mean? The scoping document um, goes beyond the work breakdown structure and can serve as a basic agreement or an attachment to a standard legal contract. It generally takes place between 2 and 16 hours to scope a project, depending on the complexity of the project. We have never regretted making a scoping uh, document, only not making one. Essentially, you are trying to identify what work is being performed, who is going to do the work, and when the work will be considered uh, done properly. For example, we will launch a podcast. Uh, for example, we will launch a podcast is a nice statement. We will produce and launch a video podcast with one episode released on a weekly basis during production. Uh, X number of episodes will be shot over two consecutive days, with each episode having a runtime of five to seven minutes each. A single graphical identity will be developed for the show and inserted into each episode. Hi, this is Dr. DeReese. Do you like what you're hearing in this podcast? Would you like to hear more? Well, why not support this podcast by making a donation? The amount doesn't matter. Whatever works for you, I am certainly grateful for. And while you're at it, why not make a suggestion for what you'd like to hear in this podcast? I'm certainly open to suggestions. And let me just say, thank you for your support. Well, that's the end of this episode of the podcast EDU, Eric DeReese University. Thanks for listening. And until next time, take care.